Have you ever felt so exhausted and drained that you're left questioning if you're burning out? Hi, I'm Flick Taylor, and my passion for burnout and self-care came about when I became a mental health writer who'd lost her mental health to extreme burnout. I know, the irony is not lost on me. Join me as I host Everyday Burnout Conversations, the honest podcast that shares the stories of others from all walks of life as they recover from, manage and avoid burnout by prioritising their mental health and well-being. Expect to hear fascinating conversations, plus positive and actionable tips and tricks that can help you make the simple life changes your mental health will thank you for. Episodes will be delightfully wrapped up in some epic truths and great humour. So, enjoy! In today's episode, I share an everyday burnout conversation with Thalia Pellegrini, the knackered mum's nutritionist. Thalia's mission is to support women in achieving incredible energy, no matter how busy their life is. And as a mum of two boys, she knows precisely how both mum life and perimenopause can impact your daily health. In this chat, Thalia shares her experiences of both chronic fatigue syndrome and burnout. She talks about the chronic fatigue she struggled with during her time at Cambridge University and how seeing a nutritionist in her 20s changed her life and helped her achieve a dream to be a BBC presenter. Thalia spent 10 years at the BBC. She became a Newsround presenter and the face of CBBC's newly launched weekend bulletins. She then presented and produced the programme as part of a team with output seven days a week. In 2005, she was asked to report on the avian flu outbreak in Thailand for the holiday programme on primetime BBC One. Later, she went on to become a co-anchor of BBC World's Fast Track, which is now the travel show, and travelled the world for the programme until 2010. But once again, Thalia found herself battling exhaustion and stress, which prompted the decision that she was ready for a change. In 2005, she accepted a place at the renowned Institute of Optimum Nutrition in London. And following the death of a close friend, her business began focusing on helping mums prioritise their own health without the guilt. I absolutely love chatting with Thalia and she inspired me to really start looking at my own nutrition. Following this brilliant interview, I have since taken part in her Knackered Mums Energy Challenge and I genuinely have never felt as motivated and as inspired to look after my health and take charge of my nutrition as I have right now. And I truly do thank Thalia and this lovely chat for that. So get ready for an everyday burnout conversation with the fabulous Thalia Pellegrini. Thalia, oh my goodness, I am chomping at the bit to talk to you today. <laughs> I really am. Um, because not only are you the knackered mum's nutritionist, best name ever, but I also know anyone listening to this is going to benefit from your wisdom. It's just incredible. And I just love your approach and your realness. And oh, I'm just so excited to talk to you. Thank you oh, so I'm much so for coming to on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so to start us off, I know you're no stranger to like fatigue and exhaustion and burnout. So I was wondering if you could um, share a little bit about your experiences and how they've led you to where you are today, please. I would love to. Um, so we have to go back quite a long time. So I got glandular fever when I was 17, like gazillion other kids, but I didn't get better. And, um, all my mates were going off to university and I still couldn't really get out of bed. And this was, you know, a long time ago. 
at a time where there wasn't a lot of acknowledgement of burnout or fatigue like that. And I would go to the GP and they'd say, you've got Epstein-Barr virus. There's nothing we can do. You'll grow out of it. So I stayed at home for a year, went off to university, was ill all the way through university, graduated, was still ill, um, started a job in London, was still ill. (laughs) And I I was beginning to feel like this was just my reality now. So I was exhausted. I would get ill super fast. Um, I was anxious, really anxious. I'd get anxiety attacks. And I just sort of reached this point where I was starting to feel very low. Mm-hmm. And then I met my, um, I met the man who would be my husband and he wanted to go traveling. And I knew that I couldn't do it. I didn't have the energy to do it. Um, and I was desperate. So I walked into a bookshop and books are my solace. And I walked into a bookshop and I thought, I'm going to find the answer. And I went up to health and wellness and I saw this book that said how to beat fatigue. And I bought it and I read it. And at the back was a list of nutritionists. And there was only about four or five. So we're talking, what year is this? 1998. Yeah. And um, I found a nutritionist that lived not that far from my parents. I went to see her and she changed my life. And um, she is the one that said, you have chronic fatigue syndrome. You have textbook chronic fatigue syndrome. And so from then I started to learn a lot about how to recover. Um, And she made me feel amazing. Within three months, my life was completely transformed. I went and traveled around the States with my boyfriend, um, came back and pursued this dream. I had this dream of being a TV presenter and I did it because I I literally had so much energy. It was exploding out of me. I I think I was also just catching up on years of feeling like I was trudging through treacle you know, brain fog, fear, anxiety, worrying that I wouldn't be able to handle anything. So not attempting to handle anything and being really fearful of life. Um, Yeah. And that took me to my mid twenties, my mid twenties. And I thought everything was great. And then I had another burnout when I, in 2008, so my by that point I was married, I had, had a great job, I was still presenting, and I my husband and I were told we wouldn't be able to have children, we wouldn't be able to conceive, and um, I was grief stricken. Yeah, and that stress triggered the burnout, the next burnout, and I was really ill. I still I still managed to keep working broadly with some yeah. pretty dramatic. Um, some dramatic impact I was a tv presenter so it was not always great having to they wouldn't let me on a plane going to South Africa for a for a shoot and I had to ring my producers to say they won't let me on the plane I was in such a state I was they just thought I was so ill they didn't want me on the plane um that was 2008 and then we had IVF we were unbelievably lucky we had our first son but then um let's just say he didn't sleep and cue another burnout so for me it's been sort of a familiar and unwelcome friend guest in my life for 20 years so I'm really wary of burnout I'm I I know it now I know it now yeah yeah and they are tough days, aren't they? Tough days, months, years. I mean, yeah. I think this is something, you know, we often hear about burnout and you just presume it's for, you know, I just need to go and have a week off with Netflix yeah. and I'll recover. That's honestly what I thought would happen to me. Yeah. Here I am a year, nearly and a half later. Like yeah. it's it's incredible the impact it has yeah. on your life. And yes, 
So yeah. did so what? I mean, that's amazing that seeing that nutritionist had such an impact very early on. Yeah. You know, and so did you what kind of what was the the moment that you were like, you know what, this is what I need to do. I need to help others what? with their nutrition. Uh, uh, that's a really good question. What was the moment? I really loved my job. Yeah. As a TV presenter. I really loved it. It was so much fun, but I didn't feel like it was my calling. I just, I was like, I felt like I should be happier than I am. I felt really guilty that I didn't feel fulfilled by it. I really loved it, but it wasn't lighting me up. Yeah. And so I sort of sat down and had a good think about what, what I was passionate about. And even though I wasn't a nutritionist then, I had always been passionate from seeing that nutritionist. I've been passionate about food and nutrition ever since then. And just one day I literally thought, God, that's what I want to do. I want to be a nutritionist. So I was still working for the BBC, but I went back to college and I studied for three years while I was working. Um, yeah, and I qualified in 2009. Um, and I haven't looked back. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. A lot of grit and determination, Thalia. I mean, my goodness. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't an easy three years. But um, yeah, I mean, I never doubted that it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Fantastic. And so now you're helping mums. What led you to the point of being the knackered mums nutritionist, which is the best bloody name ever? <laughs> well, the truth is, and oh, I don't want to bring down the mood, but the truth is um, I lost a really close friend in 2018 and she was a mum of three. Um, our boys were all very small then. So her boys were under seven, mine were under five. And um she was one of those mum friends, you know, that holds you up. The one that texts you at seven o'clock going, I'm going to lose my fucking mind in the next 45 oh, minutes. I love it. You yes. know, that, that one who goes, right, let's just meet at the playground, that crappy playground at the end of the street and we'll just save our sanity for two hours. Yeah. Um, and she but she was knackered she was always really knackered she didn't have any family support um she'd had three kids in what four years um and I knew she was knackered and I had tried to help her but did I try and help enough this is something I wrestle with um and she gave up work she wanted more work-life balance she um she just wanted to spend more time with her boys. She worshipped them. And then that was November 2017. And then just after New Year 2018, she cooked us dinner. We had this great night and she was talking about Glastonbury. She was going for the first time in years and we laughed. Um, and she just, she, yeah, she seemed really good. And then I got a text the next day saying she was in bed, that she didn't feel well. Uh, the Monday she was in bed still... And we were laughing because her middle child had tonsillitis and her little one was ill and they were all in oh. bed together. And then I got a message from the other friend who'd been with us on the Saturday night saying Joe's in hospital. And um, and it all got very serious very quickly. And she died on the Tuesday afternoon. Oh. So she was 42. And honestly, her death was just rocked me and partly because I'd lost someone I loved but partly because it was like this realization that oh hang on we're not invincible and there's a degree I think to which we think as mums we have to be because these tiny people rely on us um and so we're fine we push we push we push we're okay we're okay we push and so her death was just for all of us for you know all of her friends was this kind of oh my God, we have to look after ourselves. And 
that's where the seed of Naked Mum Nutritionist was born, really. Um, and then over time, it became clear that pretty much everyone I was seeing were yeah. knackered mums. And I was like, just put a name to what you're doing. Yeah. And so for me, partly, if I, I've sort of explored this loads this year, actually, just um, thinking about what drives me. And I realised this year that what drives me is trying to save Joe again because I think oh could could I've done more could I've supported her more or helped her more so every mum that sits in front of me I am passionate about her well-being I want her to feel the best she can partly because we've got one life and we can't yes. say you know for the next 18 years of our life while we raise these humans it's okay if I feel like shit that's not okay and partly because I have that perspective of you know what we're not infallible um so let's just look after ourselves the best that we can. Oh, absolutely. My goodness. I know on one of your Instagram posts, you wrote um, something like, you know, we have to look after our nutrition. It's vital because so are we. Yeah, and I, and it, just those words really kind of struck me because it, I don't know about you, but certainly in your 20s and your 30s, like you're just, you, you have this drive, you want to go out into the world, you want to put your mark on the world, you want to do every, and even when you're exhausted, unwell, drained, you keep pushing, you know, and you keep going. And I find, mm -hmm. here I am, 44, like, it's almost like it's, it, it's just a habitual way of living. And this burnout has been a point where I'm like, I have to look at all my cards on the table. And I have to really look at how I'm choosing to live. Because yeah. it's so easy it's so easy to you know just deal with what life throws at you all those curveballs um and to get yourself through the day you don't give a minute's thought to how much sleep you've had the fact you're on your fourth cup of coffee in two hours and the fact yeah. that you've eaten half a packet of biscuits and you feel awful and then you've got an upset stomach and now you're going to deal with your kids and this yeah. and that and it, it just it becomes like this hamster wheel that you just carry on doing. Yeah, and what always what always really shocks me is how bad women can feel and yeah. just think that's normal. You know, so yes. that exhaustion or the bloating or the period pain or the PMS that really poleaxes them for two weeks of the month or the anxiety or the bad sleep, especially, you know, I, I'm, 40, I'm 47 this year, um, I work a lot with women predominantly with women in their 40s who are perimenopausal okay. so then they've got sort of the hormonal shifts going on which may mean any number of additional symptoms and they just generally go shrug the shoulders and go well that you know what's next who needs what who needs driving where what's have what's yeah. for dinner what you know who who needs to be at the dentist next week whatever it is it's kind of pushed to, to the bottom of their to-do list yeah. and that's considered normal that's my normal the number of women who are crucified by by period pain every month and I work with them for three months and we get rid of it it's not difficult to get rid of it more often than not yes. and they'll have they'll have put up with it for decades and been told that's just the way it is that's just the way it is yeah yeah this and that's is exactly it. what's happened to a friend of mine recently actually this is why I actually had like to see a nutritionist on my vision board to 2022 <laughs> it's on my wish list because I've seen firsthand yeah. a friend um who literally decades crippling period pain like I worked with her she'd be bent over double mm. and having to like carry a hot water bottle with her yeah. and she saw a nutritionist 
two months later, darling, I mean, you're not yeah. shocked at this, but anyone listening, two months later, she had a period that was pain-free. And yeah. we were like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck? You yeah. Know? yeah. So, and that breaks, that breaks my heart because she lived with that pain for how many years? I know. How many yes. years? It's just... Um, it's, so yeah, I get really frustrated about that. I think we are often, the health of women is often disregarded. You can sit in front of your GP, you might have a brilliant GP, there's loads of brilliant GPs, yes. but I've heard from a lot of women them say, you know, the GP says, well, you know, your, your menopausal, what do you expect? Or you've just had a baby, what do you expect? Or, you know, whatever it is, uh, as if that is our lot, yeah. you know, you know, the mother load, that, that's, that's what, what do you expect? Um, and the truth is we can be mums and feel brilliant it you know it's not like you get have to choose one or the other but part the such a huge part of what I do is bringing women into awareness to bring, asking them to give themselves permission to look after themselves yes because so often it literally is just not part of their consciousness yeah, it really isn't, is it? I'm very worried about um, how self-care, the, the term self-care is is battered around. It concerns me that, you know, I hope we've got to put lots of energy and effort into it not being a bloody bubble bath, a face pack, mm. a, you know, going out and buying yourself something. Like, that's that's not self-care. Like, And mm. I love how you, um, you're so real in your messaging and how, you know, you're just laying those foundations that, like, it's essential, it's vital that we are you know we're fulfilled we're okay we're nutritionally bound for us to then do a great job of being parents workers yeah I'll, I'll be completely honest with you Flip. when I yeah. first qualified I felt all this pressure to model perfection I'm a recovering perfectionist anyway and I thought it was so important that people watching me saw that I was getting it right that I ate really well, that I managed everything really well. And it wasn't till probably about three years ago that I just thought, this doesn't feel aligned to who I am. I'm not that person. And it's it feels too hard. And that's when I just started being honest. And it was like, oh, being able to take a deep breath. And that's when my business kind of exploded. And I was like, oh. I just had to be honest about how hard it is, but how yes. it's possible and that I don't get it right all the time. And that there are days when I just eat chocolate and there are days where I don't know what I'm going to give my kids for dinner or, you know, and the, the reality of my mum life mirrors so many other women. But along with that, I've learned how to prioritise my, my health, yeah. nourish myself, so I feel the best that I can and recognize when I'm going off piste and I'm starting to feel shit and knowing that's when I need to just take a minute. What's going on with me? What, what am I, what have I let go of? And invariably it will be, I'm working too hard. I'm not sleeping enough. I'm getting too many late nights. It's, you know, it's not rocket science often, yeah. but it's, it's that going, Oh, hang on though. I need to do something about that before this takes me down that road of burning out. Yes, absolutely. I I can completely resonate. Like I'm also a, a recovering perfectionist. Oh my, you don't even know you're a perfectionist until you look at everything and then you go, oh, no, okay, maybe I am. <laughs> and it's interesting. I don't know if anyone listening can relate to this, but I am someone, I recognise that I will take an expert, an industry expert, and almost put them on a pedal stool and be like, oh, that's what I want to work towards. I want to be, get all these things 
things might in my nutrition. And I wrote it down because it really hit me. You, you've got um, an Instagram post and it said, um, fuck perfect. It has no place in the life of a knackered mum. And it, I was just like, oh, it was so lovely to see. Um, oh, I've just clicked my electricity off. It was so lovely to hear someone, an industry expert, just be so real that it, I don't know. I guess I guess it gives us permission to just be real too. We and don't just, need the pressure of perfection. We've got enough to do. There's yeah. enough to do without telling ourselves, well, well, if I'm not, if I'm not doing this perfectly, if I'm not eating this, if I'm if I am eating this, oh my goodness, I shouldn't eat that. You know, I, I do a lot of work around there's no shoulds, there's no good foods, there's no bad foods. Food mm-hmm. is food. Let's not give it any more power. Some will serve your energy really well and some won't serve it so well. But food is should be joy and love i'm greek you know so food is a huge yeah. part of my of our culture um as it is with so many cultures you know food should not be misery and restriction and oh my god the number of women i meet who have been on diets for 30 years whose mothers were on diets through their childhood who i've had I've had clients whose mothers used to weigh them once a week i've had clients who you know who um who were always compared to a sibling who was thinner for example, you know, so, so much of my work is about what has brought someone to this place, what their relationship is with food, what their relationship is with nourishment. What do they even think that means? What does it mean to them? Because if you want a transformative change, it's not just about eating more quinoa and kale. You know, anyone can do that. That's not what it's about. And it's certainly not what it's about for mums. For mums, it's understanding that it's okay to look after themselves. It's not selfish. You know, that if they are healthy and vibrant, it shines out of us. It makes us better mums as well. Yes. You know, for sure, when I start snapping at the kids more or I can't bear them bickering to the point where I feel like I'm going to lose my mind, I know I'm stressed out. I know I'm going down that road of not looking after myself in some way. Um, So when we feel good, everyone benefits. Everyone benefits. Yeah, they really do. And then we're also modelling to our kids. Yes. You know, this is the healthy relationship with food. Because, you know, I was chatting to a friend last week and and she was saying, oh, I'm all or nothing. Like, if I'm going to have a biscuit, I'm going to have the whole packet. And it's January. So now I'm going to be like, I'm cutting everything out. I am lemon and water. I am all these things. And I love how you say in your um, brilliant Facebook videos, like, you know, it's just those little small changes that can really mitigate the stresses we have. Yeah, And so it's a win-win, isn't it? You know? Yeah. So I think small changes consistently made is, it's really powerful. So, you know, I can usually sit in front of a woman after one session and know exactly what she needs to do. But if I told her in the first session what she needed to do, she would probably take the list, go away and ignore it because she hasn't got the headspace for it. So what we do is we make small changes. We make sure any changes feel manageable and sustainable. And over time, I work with, that's why I work with women over a period of three months to six months. Over time, habits change. Yes. The way they eat changes, the way they feel about food changes, the way they prioritise sleep or exercise changes. But it's done slowly and gently because that is the only way it's going to stick. Oh. If you give if you give a busy mum a list of things to do, she's going to go, oh, yeah. 
I'll add that to the bottom of the list, shall I, of the other 400 things I've got to do by Friday. Thanks for that. Um, it doesn't work. It's not. It's, it's true. Just well, we it becomes, uh, the wellness then becomes another chore on the to-do yeah. list as opposed yeah. to the foundational piece to making you feel great. Like, yeah. you know, it should be higher on the to-do list, but it, yeah. it's so funny. It's like over the years, I'm watching our mother's diet in the 70s yeah. and 80s and I, like yeah. watching them. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, my, my, my memory of, I and mean, my dad dieted too, but my memory of childhood was the cabbage soup diet, Atkins diet. Yeah. Um, then they did what's Scarsdale. Did your parents ever do Scarsdale? I remember my dad's handwritten a meal plan up on the on the pin board, and it was like you know half a grapefruit and a black oh. tea, and oh my god, yes, you know something just joyless. Do. Yes, eggs and bloody grapefruit. <laughs> That's that right, and, and and toast with no butter, and oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice no joy but it but exactly. you know they would do that before going on holiday when they would eat everything and you th- if you think now our systems what a lot to put your body under you yeah. know and so uh, for women who yo-yo diet um that is a really big piece for them of the puzzle of, to, on their sort of journey towards feeling really well is recognizing they don't need to do that they don't need to starve themselves they don't need to count calories or sins or they don't need to see think chocolate is the enemy or that cake is the enemy and you know they just need to eat more broccoli it's just all like I said it's giving too much power to food food is powerful in a in a wonderful way in a nourishing way but it doesn't it shouldn't be something you battle with if you spend loads of your day worrying about what you're going to eat what you should eat what you shouldn't eat then there's work to be done right because that that that's exhausting in itself it is it takes so much mental energy doesn't oh, it's it? knackering oh i didn't eat today so i can have that gnt tonight um i'll have those chips yeah. if i have those chips i won't do that that kind of um you know that balancing act between what you should and shouldn't eat you know and you, you women generally have that going on in their heads for so long they probably can't remember when it started yeah and i don't think women need any more rope to you know look at whether they're doing something right or wrong I I I don't know a lot of my friends we're all you know putting ourselves down and thinking we're not doing right or or I did I do that well enough for my kid did I help my friend like we don't need any excuses we can do that all by ourselves and don't you think that if a friend comes to you and she says oh I feel a bit I feel a bit shitty I, you know I've put a bit of weight or whatever it is and you'll go no you look brilliant you're you're good you're great but we don't we don't turn that narrative inwards. We're Never. so hard on ourselves as women. We we amazing. We support our friends with so much love. Yeah, and we don't turn that. So that's something I've worked on the last couple of years. Is that internal narrative that says I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. Oh, I should do that better. I should should should. should. Um, yeah, I've tried to release that flick. And uh, it's it's bloody hard to do, isn't yes, it? And it's really I, hard. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who burn out, a lot of women who burn out, that internal narrative, it's on a megaphone, uh, yes. you know, and it's been playing for the duration of their decline and where they're now landing in burnout. And, yeah, absolutely. you know, this is why I'm so excited to talk to you because I just feel so many people who are burning out, are burnt out, like, I put my hand up like, oh my gosh, I was 
all the coffee and the biscuits, and it had to be British biscuits because it was a comfort thing, to get me through to all the wine and to relax. And I was just on this adrenaline to produce all the work I needed to, which was a ridiculous yeah. amount. And then I, the adrenaline was going, so I needed something to calm myself down. So I would then drink the wine. And it was just this awful, vicious yeah. circle. No wonder my body yeah. just, I went into heart attack symptoms. Like it just, my body was like, yeah. no more lady. Yeah, you're on the floor. If you're yeah. not going to stop, we're going to take you down. Exactly. that. I think that's, burnout is the body's way of sending up a flare saying, oh, you have to stop now. Yeah. Yeah. You Otherwise... really have to stop and I'm making you stop. So I have, you know, so many women who say, well, I don't have time to look after myself, but you don't have time to be ill either. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, when, when we're burnt out, when we are exhausted or burnt out, who's running the show? With all respect to the all the amazing partners we have, who's running the show? So often that is the motivation for women to make changes. It's knowing that they're getting ill and they they, they can't get ill. I'm, I can't get ill, I haven't got time to get ill. And that's sadly, it's that point at which they start to reflect on how how they are or not looking after themselves yes because how many of us would have a cold a flu have a day off work but would do three loads of washing yeah while we're trying to lie on the sofa and get better like we don't just sit and go okay now I need to get better and you guys you're on you're on I'm gonna relax like we're doing the dinner the loads of laundry you know we're doing stuff and it's just, yeah, no wonder. No wonder I think, you're exhausted. Yeah, it, it, realistically, we're always going to do that. That is just, that goes hand yeah. in hand, I think, with being a mum. Christmas Eve, I got, um, I tested positive for COVID. Oh. I sat and watched It's a Wonderful Life. I had a good cry. And then I thought, because I do that every year. I love and that then, film. Yeah. Oh, I love that film. Yeah. No one in the family will watch it with me. It's just oh, me and my Oh, me too. I'm like, whatever you <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm going to This is tradition. Yeah. And, um. And then I thought, but this is my son's Christmas and I don't want them to remember it as being the Christmas, nothing happened because mummy and daddy weren't well. So I literally roused myself from the sofa and the blanket and said, right, we're making mince pies um, and just mustered that energy um, and was really glad I did it. I really loved that sort of couple of hours with the kids. But you, so we're always going to do that kind of thing because we, we do put them yeah. first. I think the point is it's not putting them putting ourselves ahead of them it's just acknowledging that we're important too yes. our health is important too and it yes. doesn't look after itself and actually the older we get the more we have to actually put a little bit of time in um because we depressing as it is you know once we hit perimenopause um our body is changing and if we don't pay attention it's going to be worse for us the transition is harder and actually if we are nourished and we understand how to look after ourselves it makes it much easier um for different women that looks it looks different ways um and it might be holistic and medical combined it might be one or the other it doesn't matter there's no right or wrong but it's just paying a bit of attention yeah it is isn't it so when you have a client come to you and say they're I mean obviously I love how you say it's not a one-size-fits-all plan like it's very tailored and bespoke to each individual but what are your kind of your typical starting points that you build on I know you say not to do everything at once let's do it sustainably let's do it you know with care and love but what are your kind of your main building foundational bricks that you would recommend it depends the state 
a mum is when she comes to see me if she is properly burnt out the truth is that with the best will in the world I could help her eat the best most healthy diet and if she's exhausted it's not going to be enough so if someone is burnt out we want to address her stress and prioritize sleep so in the first instance if someone's properly burnt out yeah that's what we need to pay attention to so I always talk to my mums about their stress bucket and their self-care bucket what's happening with your stress bucket and chances are if you ask her it's overflowing and her self-care bucket is like it's got a hole in it there's nothing nothing you know it's everything's just anything that goes in is just sinking into the sand so it's it's addressing that balance and how we can do that for her life what's realistic for her what what tiny changes will make a difference to her what can she start saying no to what can she get help with what what does she need to do to make it possible to eat a little bit better or to get outside a little bit or to relax a little bit? What is it that she needs? And from that, once she starts to feel a little bit better, then we can add the building blocks. So, okay, well, are there any nutritional deficiencies we need to address? You know, what are you actually eating? Let's make sure you're you're well nourished. You know, all of those things. If someone is just really exhausted, often it will be balancing their blood sugar. That's kind of nutrition 101. How are we going to balance your blood sugar? So if someone is existing on caffeine and sugar, we need to do something about that. So you can have your coffee. There's nothing wrong with coffee. But if you need it to get out of bed in the morning, if you need it to get through the day, then we've got work to do. Um, likewise with sugar, I'm, I'm not militant about sugar. I would be a complete hypocrite if I was militant about sugar. Yeah. Sugar is my Achilles heel. Um, but it is about um, how to have a healthy relationship with sugar. So you're not, it's not, you know, so many, many women will say to me, I feel like it controls me. It's all I think about, you know, um, I mean, it's thrall. So what we want to do is take the take the power out of that so that you can give or take it. Ooh, take yes. it or leave it. Give or take it. Take it or yeah. I mean, take I or know, leave it. Yeah. I know what <laughs> so, you and, mean. Yeah. So you can have that massive slab of chocolate cake if you want to, but have it because you really fancy it and you're going to really enjoy it, not because you are depressed or tired or anxious and you're going to inhale it without tasting it. So it's just eat anything you want, but just mindfully eating is really a big part of of what I do because that really that that shifts your relationship with food as well yes doesn't it just and and it's um because I think we're all programmed or you it's just the habit of needing something quick like a boil and drain night like shove the pasta in and the pasta whereas you know I love how some of your posts are I did, I love the one where you were like, I did a big shop, fed shop at Aldi. I was like, oh, she's so real. I love it. (laughs) And so I shoved it all in one tray and here we go. And it looked bloody delicious. I was like, oh my God, it looked like it was out of a magazine. And I thought, I'm not an artful cook. I'm really not. I'm not Nigella at all. I'm really not. (laughs) Really not. The colours, it was just full of health and goodness. And I thought, wow, it probably took you the same amount of time and energy as it yeah. would be to shove in the oven some something that was just you know not going yeah. to serve our body well yeah, yeah it's not about so when I say I'm not artful I'm really not so I won't peel carrots I'll just break them up I will be by pre-chopped um shallots for example if I'm cooking a casserole I will do anything I can any hack I can find to make eating well easier um and it often is just literally chopping and chucking for me uh, anything that takes longer than 15 minutes to prep I'm not really interested in because I just haven't got time Amazing. um 
so but I have learned how to do that in a way that optimizes nutrition so that what we're eating is is as healthy as it can be and there are nights will be you know that doesn't happen and that's okay it's just about getting the balance in the favor of eating well and that's okay that's enough that is good enough I love that it is good enough absolutely good enough is good enough oh it's so refreshing to hear this it really is uh we, we just need more more of your magic in the world Thalia we really do because it's so hard at times and, yeah. and women we put so much pressure on ourselves so anyone who says I don't peel the carrots I just break them up and chuck them in like oh my <laughs> That's everyone amazing. thinks that everyone thinks that because I'm a nutritionist I must love cooking and the truth is I don't love cooking yeah. it's it sort of reached a point you know you've got kids and it's just that kind of you're being asked you're being told that someone's hungry like a hundred times a day, especially lockdown. Oh my God, homeschooling. How many times a day do they say, snacks? Um, can I have a snack, please? There's nothing to eat. What, what's for lunch? It sort of takes the joy out of food preparation, doesn't it? So, so for me, it is about, I love cooking when I've got time and I've got the radio on and 90s hits oh. and, you know, a glass of wine. That's mm. pleasurable to me, but that's not the reality of most days of my week. I'm working right up to when I cook um and then it's like okay well it's six o'clock what am I gonna cook you know um so it's just about being realistic with your time and um and what can you eat in the time that you have what can you prep in time that you have that everyone might eat so I do not want you cooking two meals or three meals I have clients coming to me going right the teenagers won't eat this and my husband won't eat that and the baby won't eat that so I cook three meals no yeah yeah no 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 we cook one meal um and that's been a bit of a journey um as a parent to get to that point my kids are a bit older um but yeah yeah that is that's the goal amazing amazing and so you've talked about perimenopause and um that's something I'm definitely knee deep in and I'm just wondering like what how should we be changing our diet as we enter perimenopause what kind of things can really help us just just kind of you know right when we talk about perimenopause honestly the most important thing we can do is to address our stress because when we talk about hormonal balance we we know that as we go through perimenopause so perimenopause for any woman listening who's like Am I perimenopausal? I'm not sure. So perimenopause um, is basically, I I like to think of it as the train leading to the destination called menopause. So menopause is when you haven't had a period for 12 consecutive months. Once you've reached that 12 months, then you're postmenopausal. So perimenopause is the train ride to that station. And for some women, it lasts four years. And for some women, it lasts 10 years. Um, So it can be um, sort of subtle symptoms that you may not be attributing to hormonal balance but what broadly happens depending on the stage of perimenopause you're in is your hormones your predominantly your estrogen your progesterone are shifting much not you know the way they do during a normal menstrual cycle but it's it's more dramatic and it can be um uh more sort of frequent changes you know a lot, a lot more ups and downs basically um And when we're stressed, when we have adrenaline pumping around our body all the time, what happens is our body prioritizes stress management. So if our cortisol is going off the charts, 
our body will go, well, we better do with this. You can't, you can't be digesting well if you're stressed. You can't, you can't be feeling like having sex if you're stressed. You can't be, you know, um, what else is our uh, digesting? Did I say digesting well? You know, basically our body prioritizes managing our cortisol, our stress levels, and that impacts our sex hormones as well. So the first thing I will talk to a perimenopausal woman about is stress. How can we address your stress, realistically address your stress? Because that will make a difference to how you experience perimenopause. In terms of dietary changes, actually, there's not necessarily any difference for a woman in her 30s to a woman in her 40s to a woman in her 50s. You want to be thinking about making sure you get good quality protein. You want to be making sure you get plenty of healthy fats in your diet. You want to be making sure that you're eating lots of lovely good quality fiber so you know your rainbow fruit and veg lots of color whole grains nuts and seeds you know it's it's not that your diet needs to change significantly in your 40s but you might notice that you are less able to tolerate not eating well right. so you know in your 20s you could basically live off vodka and um crisps and you'd yes. be all right I mean, you'd be all right. It's so true. Yeah. You can't do that when you're 45. No. Um, well, you can, but you really won't feel very well. So it's it's about just paying more attention because we need to. So yet there is all sorts of ways to enhance our diet in our in our 40s. We talk about phytoestrogens, you know, um, but actually it's what it really comes down to is the basics. It's managing our blood sugar, eating regularly, um, making sure that when we eat, we have protein in our in our meal and we have some healthy fats in our meal and we have some carbohydrate complex carbohydrate you know the other thing i see is especially if you grew up um like we did in the the sort of the 90s the whole anti-carb and i think it's even still now the no carbs before marbs thing you know people are really fearful of carbohydrate well we need carbohydrate it's really important Mm -hmm. and actually if you're burnt out, it's particularly important that you have some carbohydrate in the evening. It will definitely help you sleep. If you wake up at 2, 3 a.m. and you can't get back to sleep, try adding in sort of a carbohydrate and protein oh. snack and see if it makes a difference. You know, a lot of women in their 40s get caught up in intuitive eating and fasting. And while there are definitely benefits to that, it doesn't suit everybody. Okay. And if you, and for some women, depending on where they are in their perimenopause journey, it can make them feel they're not paying attention to their body's cues for hunger and they might be doing a 15 16 hour fast but actually if they had that carbohydrate snack before bed with a bit of protein they might sleep so much better and then if they sleep better they'll feel more control of their food choices the following day so even if they don't do a 15 hour fast they might feel better so when I say there's no cookie cutter no protocol that fits everyone it's because your journey won't look like my journey won't look like your sister or your best friend. So what works for you? How do you feel eating the way you do? And just really tuning into that. Oh my God, this is such a bloody good conversation. I'm like, oh, you know what? I've got like a little post-it note that I, from your Instagram account where it's the magic trio and it's like, what is it? Yeah, it's like the the protein and the fiber. And, and the you know, fats. Like, the healthy fats. Let me just mention healthy fats because again, Again, lots of women are fat phobic. They are, again, grew up in the 90s, well, like we grew up in the 90s where it was all low fat. Low fat was king, right? You know, low sugar yogurts, low sugar everything. Um, Fat isn't, isn't our enemy. There are different types of fat and some fats are healthy. So when we talk about essential fatty acids, they're essential because our body can't make them. We have to get them in our diet. 
So the number of women I see who have no healthy fat. So what do I mean by healthy fat? It can be oily fish, avocados, nuts, seeds, um, hummus, all of these foods, eggs, Mm. you know, plenty of women eat eggs, but they're probably not eating avocados because they're fearful of the calories. Um, You know, one one client came to me and she said, I knew it was wrong, she said, but I was doing this health app. I won't mention the name. Mm. And she said, it said to me that I should have crisps instead of an avocado to keep my calories down. And she said, it just didn't feel right. And I was like, I'm so glad you recognize that. (laughs) But intuitively... That's not better than that, is it? Um, So healthy fats are really important for hormonal balance, for our mental health, for our skin. So they're really important to get inside into our our meals and our snacks every day, every day. I I hear Victoria Beckham eats four avocados a day. I don't know if that's true, but she's doing pretty well. She looks pretty good. She's exactly. She's doing all right, isn't she? Yeah, Yeah, she's doing okay. And so, you know, I've seen her doing her high kicks. Um, So, you know, the idea of avoiding fat again is us being shortchanged as women and our health being shortchanged. So healthy fats are good. Healthy fats are good. Oh, that's a good message to get out there. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But but she says, I I, and I add a little postscript to that. When I tell you that nuts are healthy, I don't want you to go out and buy a family size pack of salted peanuts and go, well, the nutritionist said they're healthy. So when we talk about healthy fats, um, we want to just be conscious of how much we're eating. So I always say a palmful of nuts, you know, one avocado, a tablespoon, two tablespoons of oil on a salad dressing, you know, extra virgin olive oil is great, but you mix up your oils, you know, have walnut oil or pumpkin seed oil or avocado oil is great for frying, you know, different, just different oils, different fats. Um, and once your store cupboard sort of builds up with these things and they become something you just reach for, then your diet will become richer oh, and healthier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're going to more yeah, likely have, have that energy for the day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So one of the, the first things I say is have a really healthy breakfast. Um, I have a free recipe collection. I have just updated it, actually, and it's called Fantastic Breakfast. Um, they're ready in five minutes and for mums in a hurry. So time is not an excuse not to eat breakfast a five minute breakfast can be incredibly nourishing and get you through the morning and it's amazing the difference that can make so many mums will say to me I just changed my breakfast like you said and I stopped snacking I'm not I'm not craving sugar I I had a coffee but I didn't need another one you know it doesn't have to be massive changes to to feel better to feel energized it doesn't have to be working with a nutritionist for three months you know the changes the improvements can start in as little as a week and I would say to everyone listening the first thing to do is just have a nourishing breakfast you know toast and jam will only see you through to sort of nine o'clock yeah a bowl of porridge is fine but there's no protein in there so apart from the milk if you're using dairy milk but it's not enough so you need to think about how you're going to pimp that up. So this morning I had porridge, but I added chia seeds, ground almonds. What else did I put in there? I put some hemp seeds in, some fresh pear and some honey, mixed it all together. I was full for like four hours. Really? Yeah, for sure. Amazing. But most people will have a bowl of porridge and go, well, that's a healthy breakfast. Why am I hungry an hour later? And it's because there's just not enough protein or healthy fats in there. So protein fills you up and healthy fats slow down the metabolism of protein so you're fuller for longer so those two things in combination are ace oh 
And that's, <laughs> I would say that's really important right now because how many of us are working from home and yeah. it's so easy. Some of us are even working from the kitchen table, for God's sake. Yeah. Like it's so easy just yeah. to go, oh, I'll just literally reach over there to the biscuit tin. <laughs> Whereas if you're going to have like a, a, you know, a solid breakfast, you can just focus on your work. Yeah, I mean, you the know. truth is what makes most of a snack isn't hunger. What makes most of a snack is boredom, stress. Right anxiety so sometimes just acknowledging that can be quite quite helpful just going why am I eating that biscuit am I hungry oh my board or am I just responding to that really annoying email I've had from a colleague or is it because I've just been told by my three-year-old that she's bored again or whatever it is yeah you know it's just what drives snacking is more complex it's much more complex it's nothing to do with willpower so we you know beat ourselves up I couldn't stay off the chocolate for a whole week what's wrong with me it's like nothing you're you're tired you know your head's got a million things going through it racing at 100 miles an hour and that and chocolate makes you feel better so of course you want it so it's just about it's about self-compassion and actually what I've worked on really hard for myself as well and what I work on with my clients is that needs to be your start point. Self-compassion. Talking to yourself like you do to your friends or your sisters. Just, I know that sounds a bit woo, self No, I, no, I love it because it's so it does true, matter. Isn't it? It, matters. it really it does. does matter. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because and I, I think can... that, I, I think that's what we model for our kids as well. You know? Yes. Yeah. 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 And also to our coworkers or friends or whoever, like, you know, the more people who are putting themselves first, the more it inspires others to do the same, doesn't it? You know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Having your boundaries and saying, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that. Thanks. That's really kind of you, but no, (laughs) especially if you are exhausted or burnt out, that is really important. Your boundaries when it comes to recovery is not feeling obligated. So many mums, will say yes to everything because they feel they should whether it's the pta or the bake sale or um you know play dates or whatever it is it's okay to recognize that you need to withdraw a little bit and say no and prioritize your your well-being um for recovery from proper burnout that is that is a deal breaker it's huge it's huge and and it's not um just switching like a light switch on and off it's you know it will feel very odd the first time you say no to Mm. someone or you put a boundary in and go yeah I'll do this in the evening but I won't do it in the morning because I'm busy you know those are actually big big steps and I think women can definitely go to the point of you know what's wrong with me why can't I do this what like there's nothing wrong with you I love your messaging there's nothing wrong with you (laughs) yeah just you know it's just about putting yourself first and and that's where yeah and that's when that that self-compassion sort of really comes into play it's like there's nothing wrong with you why do you think you're tired what time did yes. you get up how much sleep did you get did you eat three meals yesterday what did you eat yesterday um you know what's on your mind what are you worrying about there's so much oh, in our heads there's so much so in our heads true. because you're right if we were to go and talk to a friend at the park coffee shop wherever I'd meet a friend and they were saying these things there's no way we'd say you know, well, you're not doing enough and you need to add more to your list and you're fine. Just get on with it. You'd be the yeah. first to say, oh, of darling, like, yeah. stop. Yeah. So we need to do that for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. Without guilt. 
without guilt. Oh, <laughs> zero bloody guilt. No guilt. No guilt. Oh. Yeah, I think one of the joys of getting older is I just don't. I just I care less. I care less about everything. I just you know, yeah. yeah. It's so true. I can remember. I, yeah, sorry, I worked, yeah, I worked with um, a fabulous woman. And um, so she would have been in her 50s. And I can remember saying to Sheila, like, Sheila, how do you get to the point, like, where you are, where you just not even take your flick? The older you get, the less fucks you give. Don't it's worry. So true. It's, yeah. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything heads south, but that part of getting older is really liberating. It's my Feels up. really good. Yeah. <laughs> That feels oh. great. <laughs> so, Thalia, what kind of things do you do now to kind of those self-compassionate things to look after yourself? Because you're busy, you know. I'm really rubbish at movement. I'm really rubbish at get, moving my body. So that is something that has made a big difference to me. I've noticed re- my mental health is much better when I move. So for me, it's walking the dog. So we got a dog last year. Mm. So taking her out has been actually huge because if I didn't have her to take out, I just would. The truth is I would just work. Yeah. I would not get away from my desk. So getting outside, has that's been a really just getting into nature, just looking up at the sky, just taking some deep breaths, listening to a podcast has made such a difference. I will try really hard to listen to a meditation. I'm not a meditation person, so I need a guided meditation, but I will try and listen to that for 20 minutes at bedtime. Um, My big battle actually is also putting down my phone. So that's something that I continually try to do. So not not scrolling in the evening mindlessly. Um, And that is, I think, an important part of self-care. I think when you're getting really tired and a little bit burnt out and you start to feel that comparison itis you know yeah. where you yes. go oh my house doesn't Huge. look as good as hers and oh I, my makeup doesn't look as good as that and, and then I know I need to put a bit of distance between me and social media yeah um yeah. that's huge certainly for um business owners as well yeah you know yeah. it's so easy to just look at other people and go well, hang on a minute they're doing a better job than me and or yeah. as you say my kitchen is not an instagram kitchen or whatsoever when am i going to get an instagram as opposed to going hey look at you you did really well today you did this this and this and this and you achieved four things off the list well done social, social media is a kind of um sort of double-edged sword isn't it and for some women it makes you feel really rubbish so if anyone makes you feel rubbish I just don't follow them and I advise anyone to do the same but equally there are so many kindred spirits on social media so whatever you're going through especially if you're a mum there are so many amazing accounts of women who are gracious and open about what they're going through so that you know you're not alone um, and you can find support and just understanding so social media can be a sort of a wonderful place obviously and a less wonderful place um but for for, for mums I think if you find the right accounts just unfollow anyone who makes you feel crap about your life and there are so many accounts of of women that are committed to supporting supporting a happy healthy mum life it is it's really ditching those shoulds isn't it yes often say oh I should follow them because I I should do no no like mm-hmm. it yes or no like yeah. just mm-hmm. having that That's strength it. and and kosher really that conviction to really kind of just do what serves you which is, yeah. you know I'm saying this loud and it sounds so silly but honestly I'm still struggling with it like I had to take yeah. a break of social media over Christmas because I was just like a bit tired I'm starting yeah. to compare myself and then yeah. I had a few days off and I was like 
well, this feels good. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then often you return to it with an energy and it doesn't feel, it doesn't drain you in the same way. I think when you start to feel drained by it, it's time just to get a little bit of distance from it. Yes. Even absolutely. a few days. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But my problem is I like, I love watching people icing things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Find that very relaxing. And also dogs dressed as humans. I'm sorry. I apologize. But you know, when they have puppies and they put them in little outfits and then the puppies run, it makes me laugh my head <laughs> off. As long as I know the puppy's okay and it's not unhappy. Okay. So I have a dog. I love dogs, but that makes me, and I just, yeah. So I, <laughs> the things you find on Instagram that make you laugh. Oh, uh, that's the danger, isn't it? Where you're just scrolling and then you lose an hour and you go, I could have been in bed. I know. I know. Now. My boys always know, <clears throat> excuse me. My boys always know. They're always like, oh, she's crying. Is she watching dog rescue <laughs> videos again? I'm like, oh my God, it's beautiful. Look at oh, it yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless us. Oh, whatever floats our boat. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. I This has been incredible. It's going to help so many people out there and I can't wait for more people to find your work because I just I love your Instagram feed it's so real I've learned so much from it from those little squares I'm like oh I didn't know that oh it's been <laughs> fantastic it really has and this Thank has been you. such an amazing chat it has lovely time <laughs> now I have been asking my guests just at the end some quick fire light-hearted questions if okay. you're up for it because mm-hmm. everyone answers different you know and it's interesting so um on your tough dodgy days do you move mm. your body or do you move the remote i move the remote yeah no what i do you know that's what relaxes you have to do what works i know and you've walked your dog yeah i have but that is the truth that is the truth yeah 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 good old box set yeah <laughs> so a bag of almonds or bag of maltesers oh bag of maltesers <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah. Yeah, but you've also I'm had sorry. your ground almonds in your porridge dog. Well, so yeah, hopefully, like, yes. Yeah, but, uh, so. yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I love my chocolate. Oh, I know, I know. It really does make the world go round. <laughs> it, it really does. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, do you ask for help or are you happy to hermit? Like, what do you tend to do? Oh, I tend to default to hermit. So asking for help is something that I've worked really hard to do as not to see it as some kind of failure. Um, So I'm getting better asking for help. Yeah, me too. It's a work in progress, isn't it? Yes, it is. I think it's that perfectionist tendencies. We just tend to do everything and I don't like to put people out. But I'm learning that people like to help you. It's really hard to accept help if it's not something you're used to doing. Oh, it's it's yeah. ever so hard. Yeah, I yeah. really do commend anyone who does it. Yeah. Now, what's the one self-compassionate thing you're going to do today that your future self's going to thank you for, Thalia? I am going to go downstairs when I finish talking to your lovely self and call it a day. Yeah. Ooh. And I'm going to watch a movie with my boys. Oh, lovely. If they are at an age where they will still curl up on the sofa with mummy, and I know those days are potentially numbered, and it just makes my heart fly when I have my boys curled up with me under a blanket on a January night. So that will feel pretty good tonight. You know what? I I think this is a huge thing. I was talking to my neighbour yesterday, and and her son is 21, and she's like, 
oh honestly if our kids are happy then 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 we're happy <laughs> and I'm like absolutely that's my favorite thing to do too I I sit with my boys on the sofa and I we either watch like a, a series or a film and honestly those I know I'm just soaking these moments up there these yeah. lovely memories and you kind of go oh yes yeah yeah absolutely oh Thalia this has been amazing talking to you today thank you for having me thank you now I will put in the show notes uh links but if you want to share where can people find your incredible work okay so I am thaliapellegrini.com that's my website I've just done a lovely rebrand it's going to be live next week so I'm very excited about that um my Facebook group is the Nourished Mum Meetup so just come on over and I will let you write in I'm Thalia Pellegrini Nutrition on Instagram um and that's it really I mean if you join my group you'll hear about my uh, or sign up for my uh, mailing list you'll hear about my free events so I'll run a free event I run them every couple of months I do sort of five-day challenges um and get women all pumped up about looking after themselves I'll do another one in a couple of weeks and this year I'm really excited but I'm going to run my first retreat in the autumn yeah I'm so excited yes my knackered mum's retreat yeah in in beautiful Somerset oh my gosh amazing yeah I can't wait so that's the end of the year so anyone who's who's in my group or signed up to my email list will will hear all about all the things I'm doing this year oh lucky peeps who get to go on that because I've just joined your Facebook group and I was going through and it's just this wealth of lovely wisdom um it's, also, it's a lovely community and lots of oh. mums will you know jump on and I asked it before Christmas I was really tired and I said oh I don't know what to cook and I said right what everyone share their favorite recipe and women were amazing just sharing their oh. recipes and then other women would message other women going that was great I made it it was fantastic and so we, we know women together are so incredible and so supportive and strong so it's a really lovely community so I'm very oh, proud of it a true community yeah and I'm not surprised you're so authentic you're so you I feel like I've known you for years just talking to you like <laughs> Thank you. I'm not surprised it's uh Aww. this little piece of gold yeah thank you oh well thank you so much for your time well thank you for having me it's been gorgeous okay you take care thank you bye thank you so much for listening to this episode of everyday burnout conversations please check the show notes for any links to items discussed today and the original music and sound editing is by chris taylor if you've enjoyed this podcast and have a spare few minutes then it would be absolutely amazing if you could leave me a happy starry rating and review it really does help this podcast reach a little further and i just love it to land in the lap of those who like me last year are perhaps feeling isolated and lonely in their burnout struggle. Please note this podcast is not intended as medical advice. Remember you matter so don't hesitate to reach out to your doctor or mental health professional for support if you're having a rough time. Wishing you a great week and take good care of yourself. Bye for now.